ladies, gentlemen, and non-binary friends. If it's your first time here, welcome. And if not, welcome back to Actors with Issues with me, your host, Juan Ayala, bringing you another quick and casual chat with a delightful actor from the small screen, the big screen, and the Broadway stage. Today's guest has appeared in television, Broadway, and is currently starring in the world premiere off-Broadway production of J.C. Lee's To My Girls. It's Carmen La Civita. Carmen, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, we always start with a game called Getting to Know You. Uh, it's Great. a rapid fire round of questions. And uh, we always start with an easy one, a coffee or tea? Uh, tea. Film or television? Film. Stage acting or screen acting? Stage acting. <laughs> a drama or comedy? Mm, comedy. <laughs> Hero or villain? Villain. <laughs> uh, what actor has had the biggest influence on you? Kevin Klein, Meryl Streep. You have to work with Kevin. That's amazing. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your first non-acting job? I was a cook for Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's a movie that never fails to make you laugh? Oh, God. Never fails to make me laugh. Bridesmaids. And a movie that never fails to make you cry. The Color Purple. Uh, if you could guest star on any TV show, which would you choose? Uh, they're all canceled now. Uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, yeah, Game of Thrones is, comes, to, comes to the top, but it's it's not happening anymore. Um, maybe Gilded Age? Oh, good choice. Uh, and uh, lastly, describe your most memorable audition in three words. And memorable can mean good or bad. So dealer's choice. Describe it in three words? Yes. Oh, or wow. short phrases. I feel like three words is tough. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, jumping off the bridge, um, taking risks. Um, don't be afraid to go for it. Mm. All righty. So, um, so come on, before we dive into uh, the play to my girls, uh, when did this whole career journey start for you? Was performing something that you discovered early on or did that come a little bit later for you? It started early. Um, I was in elementary school and I, I I think I auditioned for the Christmas play and mm -hmm. they put me in, in a Santa Claus. I think I was six or seven <laughs> <laughs> and my aunt made me a costume and they fattened me up and the rest is history. <laughs> And um, was it sort of like throughout your early years that you sort of like knew like this is what I want to do for a career or was there a turning point for there you? There was a turning point probably in high school. I had a teacher uh, from San Antonio, my high school in San Antonio, her name was Linda Adamy. And um, she was just encouraging and supportive and never made me feel like the theater was a place of judgment that I could just be who I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went to school with the, with the thought of, post, you know, secondary school with the thought of, you know, I would like to do this, but, you know, my other side of my brain was going, oh, no, you got to do something, you know, normal, you know, so I was a psychology major at TCU for one week, and then I switched <laughs> to theater, like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Similarly, that's basically what happened to me. I, um, I'm also an actor, but I also do like podcasts and, and other stuff in media. Um, but similarly, it was very much sort of you know, I was looking to do like criminal justice because I'm a uh, first generation American from an immigrant family. Yeah. So entertainment was never on anyone's radar uh, besides like doing the school play, like you said. And and yeah, it was just sort of that 
wake up moment like ah, it's a criminal law do i want to i don't really want to be in courthouses i'll play a lawyer and then you know <laughs> exactly you'll play a lawyer like the same thing with psychology i'll study psychology through character work <laughs> <laughs> you do a show like mind hunters and get into that you know <laughs> right right um so post-college once you were um in the thick of it were there any preconceived notions you had about the industry that were like completely like unveiled like any misconceptions that come to mind well i mean yeah you know people um told me that you know being you know ethnically looking ambiguous mm. that i would be like working all the time and that's not true i find that in most casting um offices they want you to be one or the other or not at all yeah. you know so i often found i often was up against you're not enough of this or you're 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 too white or you're too dark and in between is too you know gray for us so it never really that that phrase was told to me all the time in, in uh, grad school that you know oh because you can play all things the only play the only place that i found that i can play all things is in classical theater um with mm -hmm. contemporary work um i find that they are very um uh you know uh bold in their choices of uh color if you will yeah yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely feel the same. I've been told I'm like ethnically because I don't fit into the box of Latino or Latinx or, right. or whatever it is. So similarly, it's very much been that. And now, especially, they're trying to be as specific as possible. They're trying to be like country specific, like looking for authentic oh Mexican God. or I'm like, well, oh my God. I don't know any shows with Salvadorians in them. So I guess I'm never going to work. Right, right, right. Well, you know, well, also in, in, in school, grad school, you learn all these dialects and accents and they're like oh no now we're gonna really hire an irish person so never mind that you can do that right. you know so and i understand that and i understand that's the world that we're in now but it also makes me you know question all of my training you know so i'm like well what can i what can i only play now then you know so what, what am i allowed to play you know it's right. it's very uh uh it's a very difficult process to navigate you know yeah and it's also like who's gonna tell all these teachers at these universities that they don't do that anymore like you know right. it's, it feels a little outdated unfortunately right totally i mean well you know in grad school at rutgers i went to grad school at rutgers mason gross and they spent the first two years wiping any regionalisms or accents out of all of us so mm -hmm. that we sounded general american you know but now they want you to sound like you sound so it's like <laughs> right can't win <laughs> great glad i spent sixty thousand dollars <laughs> oh god <laughs> So fast forwarding to uh, to two my girls, um, a new play at second stage, and uh, you know I got to see the show yesterday and Fantastic. absolutely loved it. It was just so funny and and charming and and thoughtful. There's so many conversations in it that we've all heard a dozen times amongst oh friends, and it's just like this is on stage now. This is weird. Uh, but yeah, so you know with that show. So before we dive into like the the content of it. Um, what was your whole audition process like given the pandemic and the world of self-tapes? Oh my God. Um, yeah, the self-tape world, great. So I I, I did it here in, in my, my home. My niece was here with me. She's a um, nursing student at Rutgers. <laughs> and I was like, can you read this with me, please? <laughs> and I just kept asking her, is it funny? Uh, no, it's not funny, do it again. Or you could be funny or whatever, you know? Mm. So we did it, felt really great about it. You know, also putting in an audition for a contemporary play, I was also feeling a little like, well, they're not going to make this happen, you know, because I'm not one or the other or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, we sent it in and I got a callback for it. Um, and the callback was in person. 
And that was maybe my third in-person callback since the pandemic started. So I was very excited to be able to do something in person, right? Mm. And um, first time meeting Stephen Brackett, first time meeting JC Lee. And um, I, the first thing I said to Brackett was, so listen, you know, I'm going to um, do something that might be really big here. So if it's just too much, just tell me. And he goes, I love that you're starting with that. <laughs> you know? So, so I did it, and then we did it again. Um, he gave me an adjustment, and we did it again. And I knew right off the bat that I wanted to work with him because the adjustment he gave me, I like just took it and didn't even have to think about it. Just, just clicked right inside, and I was able to do it. We laughed our asses off, and then I left it at that. And then about I don't know two or three weeks later, um, the call came in for for the offer. So I was mm -hmm. thrilled. A lot too, because it was the it's the first time I've been cast as a gay character. Mm -hmm. I've never played a gay role before, um, so I, I I have often found too, and I'm, maybe you, you you've discovered this in auditioning for gay roles is that they want a stereotype of a gay, yeah, right. And I'm I'm not flaming. I I, I don't think right. I am um, uh, in the stereotypical way that I, maybe a casting director or a director sees, you know, and I'm, and I'm not like naturally um, like over the top effeminate. So that's just not how I identify. So I was not sure that this would be something that they would want. You know, I was like, I'm just going to come in and just be truthful and honest. And if any faggotry comes out of it, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i absolutely find that to be true um definitely feel like i have to play it up uh, a lot because you know it's just again there's sort of that box that um and it's not you know this isn't to say that casting does this sometimes it's the higher ups sometimes yeah. it's it really is like someone along the line is like nope not this enough or too much of this or whatever um and yeah i definitely find that to be true because and it can get frustrating, you know, because it's like, well, this isn't who I am. And you guys are calling for authenticity, but you also want right. me to, this be, to be played up. Yeah. A little a caricature. More, a little bit more extra or whatever, or sassy, yeah. or all the all the all the words that, you know, uh the gays hear all the time, you know, and it's right. like we're many things, you know. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it can be yeah. frustrating. But um, but yeah, I was thankful that that uh Steven and JC saw what I did and we're happy with it. So yeah, it's been a blast. Yeah. And um, so with the role, I mean, you have quite an entrance. Uh, <laughs> we won't get into spoilers, but it's so funny. And again, the whole show is just so funny and, and thought provoking. And between all of the jokes and these like very funny moments, there are such in-depth conversations oh my God. Um, that are still happening like every day regarding the LGBTQ plus community, regarding race. Um, was it did it feel odd being in a show that was so current? Yes. Yes, it felt very odd. Um, but also, I mean, the whole process was was set up in a way by Stephen and, and Second Stage that made us all feel comfortable and in, in expressing what we needed to express, talking how we needed to talk in the rehearsal room without feeling like we were going to be canceled. <laughs> right. Because, you know, in gay culture, there's a lot of, you know, um, terminology and phrasing that can be deemed as, you know, bad in, in other circles, you know, but in, 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 in gay culture, uh, in, especially in this rehearsal room, we were, we were allowed to be that expressive and that free. Um, so it really felt like uh, a space that we could do that, but doing a, a play that is so current and so topical, 
I think it's great because first off, there are not a lot of gay plays that have this kind of um, point of view, uh, mm -hmm. a millennial's point of view, um, and also minority gay point of view. You know, so you think of all of the gay plays that I mean, I can I think the gay plays that I can think of have all whites in the leads, you know, and they're white gay stories. And then, I mean, even when there are minorities in the stories where the clowns or we are sitting on the outside inheritance, you know, so I mean, I, I just feel like, you know, this is an opportunity for, for gay minorities and millennials too to have you know, a story that they can relate to and respond to and feel like, oh, the, the conversations and the topics that I'm, you know, um, thinking about in my life on this earth are happening right in front of me and I can see it being played out and I can relate to it and I can, you know, have um, uh, uh, a catharsis from listening to it or a feeling or a, or a moment or, you know, whatever, a memory. So I'm glad that I'm in a play that is so, you know, topical and so like at the forefront of all this stuff right now. Yeah. And I mean, in kudos to second stage for that. And, and um, I mean, I just saw their other show, Take Me Out on Sunday, <laughs> incidentally. And that was, <laughs> I did a production of it uh, six years ago. And this was like a little mini cast reunion, two years in the making, because this was like a pre-COVID plan. And then we finally got to see it. And wow. um, and again, there's a, a, a queer person of color at the forefront um, talking about masculinity and how behavior is not going to change just because he's out all of a sudden. So yeah, so you know, uh, again, congrats on the show. It was again, just so Thank provoking you. and and again, kudos again to second stage for putting on such a wonderful show. I wish the run was longer. I really do. Because oh, so many people too. that I now want to tell everybody like, go watch this. And I'm like, you've got 10 days. Uh, but, sure. but yeah. Yeah, we wish um, it was too. We were, we were um, kind of bummed when they told us that we weren't extending. Um, uh, so we were, you know, like, oh, that's heartbreaking. But um, hopefully, people will rush out and see it, you know, and mm -hmm. and 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 really take it for what it is, and not try to compare it to another play or to uh, you yeah. know an idea of what a gay story should be, and just take it for what it is, and enjoy it, and come out of their homes and and just laugh and and feel something, you mm -hmm. know. Yeah. And um, so given the name of our show, Actors with Issues, because um, mm -hmm. Lord knows we've all got problems. Uh, uh -huh. So, you know, all of our guests were, were around. This is actually going to be episode 99. Um, nice. So we're right around the corner uh, from 100. And with all of our guests, you know, topics have come up of uh, imposter syndrome, audition anxiety, lack of diversity, as we've been talking about. Um, is there an obstacle that you have overcome that you're OK sharing with our audience of young actors and artists? Wow. Uh, an obstacle that I've overcome, like a personal obstacle, you know, Wow. I mean, anxiety for auditions is, has always been a tough one and it, and it never goes away. <laughs> you know, just when you think that, you know, you're, um, that you've conquered it and that you've been able to, you know, master, you know, what you're going to do. I think the smaller you make your goals for an audition, the better success that you'll have. Like, mm -hmm. uh, I go into an audition thinking, okay, I'm just going to not embarrass the casting director that called me in for this. You know, because she believes in me and I just want to make sure that I don't embarrass her because she put my name on that on that table and said, you got to see this actor. So if I think about smaller goals, um, then I feel like I can achieve those. But if I think about if I don't get this job, what am I going to do? Th those goals are so big that I just I, I can't I can't 
control that, you know, but I can control what I'm planning on doing in the room. Um, you know, setting my, setting my moments, setting my, um, you know, posts of like, uh, this is where I need to hit in this moment or in that moment, but then also just, you know, in a, a bigger, smaller, a smaller, bigger goal, not to embarrass the casting director, um, is mm -hmm. something that I do or, or trick myself into doing so that I don't go in there thinking way ahead before I even get a callback for something. So yeah, I'll go with, I'll go with that as an obstacle. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, unfortunately, we're almost out of time. Um, but again, thank you um, for such a wonderful conversation. We're going to uh, wrap up with our final game uh, called Now That We've Known You, since we've gotten a chat for the last 20 minutes. Uh, it's a non-rapid fire game, so feel free to take your time. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, fill in the blank. If okay. I weren't working in the arts, I'd be? A tennis professional. I read that. So let's go into that really quick before we, <laughs> before we wrap up. So you're like, that's like a thing. You're a tennis yeah. Pro. Yeah, it is. I've played tennis since, I don't know, I was 10 and I played it in high school and I played it in undergrad. And then of course, you know, I had to get serious about it. And then I reconnected back with it in grad school. And then I started coaching for the USTA and some junior leagues in New Jersey and in New York. And then I ran a tennis academy um, in Midtown on um, at the Manhattan Tennis Academy, the Midtown Tennis Club for years. And that was my day job when I wasn't acting. And it just sort of came out of nowhere and when I stopped saying no to that job this job my real job my acting job started to happen more so universe you know yeah <laughs> uh who would you trade places with for one day wow who would I trade places with for one day whoa that's that's a tough question um Wow, who would I trade places with for one day? Ah, wow. like a like a celebrity or just any, anyone in in any person, anyone. Oh God. Um, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> wow, I might have to, you might have to come back to me with that one. I'm not sure. Um, that's tough. Who would I trade places with for one day? Ah, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh next what's the best advice you've ever gotten the best advice i've ever gotten was probably from kevin klein and he said to me um don't leave it to their imagination they have mm. no imagination give them everything concerning auditions mm. and he's right he's absolutely right when i came into when one of the things I did when I came into audition for Cyrano, when I did it with him, was um, I just came dressed like I was some foppish the Comte, and I had on like this tuxedo. I had on these gloves. I had on you know I had these boots on, and I came in and he. They told me I was going to be reading with him, and that alone was making me sweat. But I set a small goal. Don't embarrass my friend who called me in for this, right? And um, he read with me with it. And um, I remember taking off my glove and slapping him with it, like for real, um, like across his chest, like as hard as I could. And the whole room just sort of went <gasps> like, like they couldn't believe I just did that, right? Huh. And he, after it was done, he pulled me close and he said, that was terrific. He's like, terrific, 
right? And then I was like, oh, just pouring sweat <laughs> underneath my, my suit, just being like, oh, I can't believe I just slapped Kevin Klein. And I left, and of course, I've got the part. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. There you go. That's how you make a memorable audition. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, you know, I didn't like, you know, slap him out of anger or anything. But, you know, he, 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 he I'm sure saw it coming because I took it off slow and I went like that with it. Like, it's coming. And yeah. like that across the <laughs> You know, it was not a Will Smith, Chris Rock sort of situation. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Oh, God. The worst advice I've ever gotten. <sighs> so much to choose from, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Like actors uh, get the worst advice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um maybe maybe some of it would have been maybe some of it would have been concerning how to handle the business aspect of it in grad school. Mm -hmm. You know, we had it for like a semester and it wasn't enough of 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 that because when you get out of course you realize, "Oh, I have to do so much of this." business aspect and we had like a semester of it and and most of the advice in that semester wasn't anything valid or anything that i have actually held on to um uh and and some of that advice some of that advice concerned headshots uh concerned like you know um uh asking for an appointment or you know a meeting with an agent or a you know a manager when you know i think I think uh, advice that I could, could take from that would be to not be so detailed when you're trying to reach out to somebody, but maybe just keep it simple. Mm -hmm. you know, like just short and sweet and keep it simple. Don't waste anyone's time and, and don't assume that everyone is, um, you know, ready to, to open your envelope, you know, so, so have a reason to, to reach out to somebody. And, but when you do keep it, simple <laughs> lord knows agents and reps and all of them have like so much on their plate already yeah you know they don't have time to read through a six-page resume or <laughs> right or a dissertation about you know what you've been doing or all your callbacks or whatever you know so it's like just right. ha have a reason to contact somebody um hopefully it'll be because someone else sent you to them but not 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 for um you know just spewing out what you did in the last month you know right yeah Save your postage if anyone does postage anymore. Did I just right, like no my, did I just date myself? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people, you know, whenever I'm like doing a workshop or something, someone will always ask, like, "Oh, like, do do you prefer like postcards, the office?" And everyone's like, "We're not at the office <laughs> anymore. Yeah, yeah. There is no office. Oh. Yeah, everything's like virtual, right? You yeah. know, auditions, even too. I don't. I'm not sure we'll ever go back to in person, um, especially because I feel like casting directors are like, this is a lot easier for us i don't know um but yeah, uh I agree. you know that setup is is really you know has been a real like navigating process for all actors you know just mm -hmm. you know having something that you know sounds good looks good it's good lighting you know it's like where do i do this in my small home you know right what was your biggest takeaway from the pandemic that i needed to make time for the things and the people that i really love mm. Um, whether that be in my career or whether that be in my personal life, that I needed to stay present when I was with them. Um, and then also to allow space for 
my career and for the people that have love for me and I have love for so that it was just like a, an ongoing cyclical like I'm in the moment receiving and giving this to this person or to myself you know um taking care of myself before I take care of others I'm quoting someone on that um that's Robin Arsan from Peloton she's mm. um been a savior for me over the over the pandemic but she's right you know it's you know take care of yourself so that you can give to others mm. and when I when I when I I feel like doing that more during the pandemic has really allowed me to to be more successful with my relationships and to be more successful in my career yeah absolutely agree that's it's so important so many people you know, uh, this is this podcast was started during the pandemic like may 2020 so right at the height of it and everyone was saying especially at the beginning that they learned how badly they were at taking care of themselves they're yeah. like self-care wasn't a thing they were always hustle and grind hustle and grind and i hate that mentality i think it's horrible and toxic um it's it just not healthy for actors because what good is working these graveyard shifts or closing shifts at a bar if you have a 9 a.m audition and you look like a zombie like that's not taking care of yourself you're not doing yourself any favors doing all of that no um, no yeah. not giving your space not giving yourself the space to to maximize what you can do you know and um for years i also did that and i just spent so much energy and put so much energy into that same thing with the tennis put so much energy into it love the tennis stuff but like i didn't come to new york to be a, a tennis director you know right. I, I i came to new york to be an actor and then once i started pushing that off of my universe you know this you, the universe was like okay well you've made space for this now so let's let's see what you can do with this <laughs> yeah totally agree uh, and lastly in 10 words or less what advice would you give to a young actor oh god in 10 words or less what advice um be prepared because there are a thousand others who are more prepared than you. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely agree. <laughs> right. Well, it's just yeah. when you think you're prepared enough, it, you're, 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 you're just, you're not because someone else is more prepared. So I, I, I would be as prepared as you possibly can. And, and to answer that other question, if I could, yeah. if I could switch places with someone, <laughs> I would, switch places with my dad who is in heaven so that he could come back and tell everyone how much he loves them and 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 to give everyone in my family one last hug so that he can go off again oh my god it's so beautiful what <laughs> that's so sweet i miss him <laughs> yeah oh Kanman, thank you so much again for, for joining us on the show today. Uh, so for anyone that wants to give you a follow on Instagram, where can they find you? They can find me at L-A-C-I-V-I-T-A. -I -I that's La Civita Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N. It's my last name, first name. And you can find me on Instagram. And you can follow us at Actors With Issues on Instagram. Give me a follow at Juaniala Official and check out our full video interviews at youtube.com slash Actors With Issues podcast or listen on the go wherever you get your podcasts every Monday. And don't miss Carmen La Civita and Two My Girls now in performances at Second Stage's Tony Kaiser Theater through April 24th. I'm Juaniala. This is Actors With Issues and we'll see you next week.